I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. This, I have with me my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And this is a special show today because we have been to an amazing conference this week. And uh, J.C. is actually going to take the lead here in just a second so that he can interview uh, a very important person with this very important event. And I'm, I'm telling you, you need to know about this event. You need to put this event on your calendar next year. You need to support these people all year round. I can't, people contact me all the time and say, Chrisanne, we want to support places. Help us support liberty-minded ministries. This is a ministry that is geared towards education in the most fundamental and the most important ways. And so what I'm going to do, say hello, JC. Hey, hello, everybody. So I am going to turn the lead mic over to JC. Yes, great. And uh, then we're going to, uh, he's going to conduct this interview. He's going to actually run the rest of the show for us. So I, I just, that. yeah, I think so. <laughs> he, he, he'll do just fine. So I want to thank you guys for being a part of the Chris Ann Hall show and being a part of this ministry and giving us the opportunity to bring to you like-minded, liberty-loving people. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Um, we're here at the Cure National Policy Summit in Washington, D.C., and uh, I'm here with, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say my good friend, Derek McCoy. Can I say that already? Man, I feel like we're family now, and this has, been, this has been an amazing event, amazing awesome. event. Awesome. And um, I want you to tell, cause I, I mean, I could keep talking and talking and talking, just what we've seen, what we've heard, and the unbelievable people. I mean, powerful people, um, competent, knowledgeable, and so much action. That, the thing that I heard in this conference, you know, we have in this audience, you know, are after liber uh, liberty and limited government. And, you know, you always have those questions, what do we do? And how do we do it? And I heard so much action. And I know there's, you know, there's a particular focus of the organization, but same ends, you know, in that sense of limited government and, and promoting liberty and really impacting people's lives. So tell us a little bit about the organization, you know, who, who you are, um, sure. 
the purpose, and, and then a little bit about the event that we've experienced. Sure, no problem. Uh, that's exciting, man. I'm glad to be with you and glad to be talking about some of these things. The you know one of the things you, you just said, hey, can we consider ourselves family? Well, we spent a weekend ago, you know, a few <laughs> days together now. Yeah. And um and and the interesting thing is, and I'll say this, and I'll go back to who we are. Is I had a guy from Chicago come to me just last night, mm -hmm. and he says, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And he'd been here with this, and uh, this is the first time he's ever here. And he said, hey, you know. I just want to let you know, I said, I'm a pastor. I've been in the city for a long time. I've been trying to figure these things out. He says, I I've been thinking about a lot of stuff you're talking about. And I knew there had to be other people that thought like this. But he said, I felt like Charlie Brown. I felt yeah. like the lonely guy out there that I didn't really have a lot of association. I didn't really have, didn't know where I fit. And he says, go to one group, didn't fit. Go to another, didn't fit. He's he was trying to figure it out. He says, but man, I need to tell you. And he looked me in my eye and he says, I feel like I found home. I feel like I found family. Right. And he says, I, I don't feel like I'm Charlie Brown anymore. Yeah, definitely. Other people like-minded with me. So that got me stirred, of course. Absolutely. Um, that I, I want to come back to that. <laughs> All right, no problem, no problem. But, but that was one of those things that got me going and, and really looking at, um, you know, what Cure is about. I mean, it, it, hit the, it drove the nail home. It helped me understand that, wow, we're talking about our mission is Fighting freedom and, and uh, f fighting poverty and uh, restoring dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. Amen. Uh, excuse me for my little slowness because it's been three days. We've been rolling. I hear you. Uh, but the interesting thing. I with mean, that's kind with of the, little sleep. There you go. <laughs> um, but that's really the core of who we are. But it really says, so what is that about? What does that mean? Well, you know, it, it, as, as my man said earlier, $972 trillion, I mean, billion dollars are spent, almost a trillion dollars are spent on government programs, and, and those government programs, uh, very little returns back to the people that are yeah. actually needing it. And um, really, when you start thinking about that, we said, we got to fight this poverty issue. We can't have people stay on Uncle Sam's plantation, keep working it out, and, and do stuff that, uh, and, and be in a place where they have subservient to government and never find freedom and responsibility on their own. But really, you know, just like me, when people get jobs, people start getting their own and owning things and understanding, wow, this is where I really get liberty from. They get a sense of dignity about it. Right, yeah. And so it begins to move them forward. And you do so well, and, and your wife does so well in terms of talking about that history and what people did and, and the accomplishments that they had for years. Yeah. And, um, and we got to be in this day and time doing the same thing. But... Uh, we do that in three different buckets of cure. Um, we we have a policy program where we feel like uh, changing laws to change lives. We right. have to work on changing laws and policy Amen. so that people's lives can be changed. And and I learned that never didn't learn that a while ago when I was uh, functioning as a president of a, a policy council group. And when I did that, I learned that in a 90-day session of a state session that they had, um, these Elected representatives are facing somewhere nearing 4,000 pieces of legislation, proposed legislation, in 90 days. Wow. And there was a system that went on that said, wow, 4,000 pieces of legislation. On average, they were passing somewhere between uh, 1,500 to close to 2,000 pieces every single session, every That's year, insane. 90 days. Now, they didn't read all of those pieces. They didn't understand them. But the lieutenant governor of that state told me, he says, Derek, we win when you sleep. Yeah. We win when you sleep, meaning mm. if we if you sleep and yeah. you sleep at the wheel, we can pass anything. Yeah, we you want. don't know what we're doing. Exactly. And so that's I, one of those. Well, they pieces. say democracy dies in the dark. I think I heard that's I mean, 
we're not exactly a democracy, but <laughs> li little d. So. Right, right, right. And, and the other thing that is, is, is so important is um, the policy side. We have a media side component where we feel like, you know, guess what? Uh, we need to address issues of race, poverty, and culture from a Judeo-Christian perspective. Who's out there talking about these issues right. and being in the public square? Our, our voice of citizenship does not end. Uh, when we, you know, come out of our church and enter into the public square. Um, so we want to be able to have that voice. And, and, and I want to say this because, you know, you said from a Judeo-Christian yes, point of view, Judeo-Christian values, you know, you get this opposition from the left and also from some of my libertarian brethren. <laughs> We're not saying forcing people to be Christians through the power no. of the state. We're talking no. about implementing... Um, policies and taking actions based on Judeo-Christian principles, which line up with the principles of liberty, which are, in fact, I believe, the source of liberty. So Absolutely. That kind of thing scares some people. You, you start you know, saying that. Yeah, you know, and I get that, and I understand. And sometimes that's a big, chunky word. So let's do this. Let's take, take that word out completely. Yeah. Just I'm in agreement with right, you myself. Right, right, but if you think about it like this, and this is why I often talk to people, I say, just addressing principles of, you know, uh, race, poverty, and culture. Yeah. Okay. Good. If I start talking about it, you start talking about it. Where do we get our value system from? Where do we get our perspective from? Where do I, where do I have the right to say what's right, what's wrong, what's law, what's not? Um, what, what's, what's going on in our society? What should be there, what shouldn't be there? Guess what? I, I maybe don't and I maybe do. Yeah. But I'm a citizen in the United States. Exactly. And guess what? I got people in my yard, maybe or in my, my, my backyard saying, hey, why don't you run for office? Because we need somebody just helping us voice an opinion. Well, if I run for office, I get elected where does my perspective come from? Yeah. Where does my thought process come from? And the value system we've been taught throughout our life, uh, good, bad, or ugly, <laughs> really is a system that we begin to implement. And, and what we're saying is there was a system that was put in place years ago that we should be following. And, and yeah. that's the beauty of America because the U.S. Con I mean, our Constitution is, is, is the most awesome Constitution in the world. Absolutely. It, you know, so, I mean, it's been in place. It's, it's, they're not tweaking and messing with it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a stabilizing factor for us to look at and say, hey, hey, this is, that's what makes America different on so many levels. Other countries, they go by and they change it and tweak it and keep messing yeah. with it. Well, what happens is they say, well, that's modern, progressive, you know, trying to be up to date. No, 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 no. Some things, if we have a litmus test and a line and a measuring stick yeah. to know left, right, you know, how, how big is this room? How, how many feet is it? We got to take measure, whatever that may be the case. That's our litmus test. That's our measuring stick to say, uh, this is how we kind of guide ourselves. Right. And so, you know, that's kind of, anyway. it, it reminds me what we heard, you know, uh, Bob McEwen referred to. Right, right. Jefferson saying these are self-evident truths. So yeah. these are axiomatic truths. We know right. where they come from. Absolutely. We know what they're based on. But then even if, even if you say, you know, oh, well, I'm not a Christian. Well, Nevertheless, you can look at history. These principles that line up with what we're talking about have been time-tested, axiomatic yeah. truths that have proven themselves over a thousand years. And that's what our founding documents are, are based on. I believe those, uh, those events and those principles are manifestation of divine right. realities, right. right? But we've seen, we know what works. Yeah. We've seen what works. And you, we don't need to get around and tinker with it and, and, and change it all the time based on the whim of the majority or some Absolutely. bully or the powerful or whatever. So, you know, I appreciate you guys fighting for those principles. What is, and, yeah. 
I don't know if we said this. What does CURE stand for? Oh, Center for Urban Renewal and Education. Thank okay. you for that. And there's a Center website. For urban Renewal and Education is urbancure.org. Urban. U-R-B-A-N-C-U-R-E.org. Okay. Urbancure.org. Yep. Yep. And then our third side, so I'll make sure I say this because yes. uh, sometimes you get lost, but our third, you know, bucket, so we look at three pillars. And, uh, but our third pillar is a national cure clergy network. Right. And that's really the heart of what you came to today. That's the National Policy Summit. That's, a, you know, Pew Research says it's about a third of people, especially, you know, that are uh, more minority skewing that said, hey, they, they skew in a more traditional mindset or, or a value set mindset. And so we say, okay, good, let's go after them. Let's find out who these people are in the country and let's talk to them, let's, let's create conversation. And so uh, it's really important, but this is what this is. This National Policy Summit is a part of it, but we look at edu- educate, equip, and engage clergy across this country to make a difference in their communities. Yeah. So get the faith-based, faith-based communities re-engaged Absolutely. in the republic. And uh, we need that so much because a lot of this lays at the feet of the church and how they've neglected their duties. J.C. Hall, and uh, been talking to our friend Derek McCoy from uh, CURE, from Center, Cure, Center for Urban Renewal and Education. That's right. That's Amen. Right. And we have had an amazing conference here. Um, kicked off that first night, just a couple of highlights, and, um, Star Parker. Right. Uh, she's the president. That's she's correct. The president and founder. Okay. Yes, and so she spoke that first night briefly. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, just gave part of her testimony and 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 kind of laid out the vision a little bit, and it, it yep. was so powerful. I listened to her, man. And just I thought, you know, okay, now I can go back and <laughs> get to work, man. I'm so fired up. I'm so inspired. And that, that was, was night one. <laughs> that was good enough for me. And that was like the first thing. And uh, then we had uh, Governor Blevins. From Kentucky, oh which was goodness. amazing. Is that Pastor Bevins or Governor Bevins? <laughs> yeah, man, it was unbelievable. I, was, I found my new favorite governor. Oh man! And um, so yeah, it was you know, and I tell you today, and there have been so many more. That the um, we had the the panel and the ladies dealing with with the uh, sex trafficking yeah. issue in right. in the communities was just just unbelievably powerful. Um, and you know what? Today was interesting when. And I forget the brother's name uh, from Health and Human Services. Clarence Carter. Clarence yep. Carter, the director from Health and Human Services. Um, man, I was really encouraged because, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in the liberty movement and, yep. and, and, and the conservative movement, there's, there's, it's really easy to bash, you know, the federal government in general. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that the government is made up of individuals. It is. And there yeah, are like some... That incredible individuals in there and and he's one of them and and so when i hear uh someone stand like that and speak uh the principles that he laid out Mm -hmm. and and give the vision of what they're doing you know which is really the opposite i think of what a lot of people uh, think about he mentions tanf and 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 hhs and we think of you know building the welfare state Uh, 
he really spoke to the opposite vision of we're trying to, uh, you know, work this new uh, paradigm in such a way that gets people out of dependency yeah. and, and really helps people. And man, that was Love really it. encouraging to me just to know um, that people like that are in there fighting uh, and, and operating on the right principles and just, just such a powerful, you could tell, it I was. mean, yeah. this is a guy who has solid principles and he believes it. man, man it, it was amazing. It. it was so, yeah. everybody that's been on the stage has been so impressive to me and, and, if there's any organization that I'm going to support, it would be Cure. I mean, because wow. it's evident that it, it's not just talk, it's not just ideas, it's not just theory, but you're talking about really practical, solution-oriented action that's that's making an impact. And then, and then I love how you you know you're connecting the faith-based community and and these pastors and churches and drawing them into uh, into the battle, onto the battlefield because re- it really, and maybe you can speak a little mm-hmm. bit to this. Um, our churches have been on the sidelines, oh, man. you know, and, and for various reasons. Now, to give some the benefit of the doubt, which is, I think, where we're at with some of this in, in what we're doing, um, some because they just don't know. They feel they feel in their spirit what they want to do. Right. But they're not connected to the solutions. And so that seems yeah. to me what's going on here. Can mm-hmm. you speak to that? Absolutely. You know, what we found, like I said before, trying to go after some folks that we knew had this feeling of something's being broke. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that things are broken down in our society. Yeah. That we got to fix some stuff and really understand how to do it. And we, you know, we came across this passage in uh, Isaiah, and I believe it's Isaiah 53. And it talks about in Isaiah 53, it says, you know, um, not to get over, you know, overly spiritual, but it just is one of these passages where you got to look at you read and you're like man this is deep because it says you should be known as those who can fix their cities who can fix anything repair broken walls and make their cities livable again and you start looking at that you're like is that possible in today's time when 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 the current president was at his inauguration he'd have to do this and it's not a pump for him it's just the issue of he addressed the issue he said man some of our inner cities look like war zones absolutely and i'm thinking Okay, he said something politically might be a little sketchy, but incorrect or yeah. tough to eat. Mm-hmm. But basically what he did is he stuffed a, shake, a steak down our mouth without chewing. Yeah. Because if you look around the city, uh, yeah, I agree. There's certain places I'm not driving. There's certain places I'm not going. And so these guys are pastoring those cities. These guys are loving the people in those cities. These guys are right there in those communities and saying, you know what? We got to figure out solutions. There again, men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry revolution Standing together and without permission Soldiers for truth in the war of attrition The love of our country as our The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. So, I'm sorry, Chris Ann, the professional yes. is not 
sitting here running this. I'm operating the board, so I'm sorry I ran you into the break. That oh, was no my problem. fault. No problem. But we're talking about, you know, engaging uh, the, the churches and yeah. connecting them with the solutions. And, you know, you were saying they're there. These guys are on the ground. They are. They are. They're on the ground. They want to see solutions. They want to see a difference being made. And uh, even case in point, when I started to talk about Chicago, uh, there were people there that says, you know, I'm tired of the complaining. This right. stuff, some of this stuff isn't working. And so what are, what's unique about this group here is that these guys are coming ready. They're open. They're prepared. They're like, hey, let me write, take notes. Uh, one guy approached me just uh, the other day and said, hey, um, what I've heard so far has impacted me. I got 18 churches that I oversee. I need to figure out solutions of how to really move things forward. And I've learned that I can do more than what I'm doing yeah. and that I can do some things that are within my purview and my ability and with the right connections and a little bit of stuff. He said, man, I could do a lot. And so he heard that. And I think he's taken that commission on. But I think that's just one story of many of just like that where people we got to, you know, I believe in the church. I believe in the local pastor. Yeah. I believe that they can make a big difference, and I believe really they can change this country first by introducing people, you know, to the gospel. Yeah. But when lives are changed, what happens next? Right. Those changed lives change communities. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, that's how I look at it, and I and I and I know they don't want to see them suffer through government dependency and and brought into a system where they they can never get help. And they're always self-sufficient. They want to see people move ahead. See, and that's what I, I like about the approach and what I've heard the entire conference. It's not a message to, to the community of saying, hey, you're a victim. Let us come save you. Yeah. It's, it's no, let me tell you what you're capable of and let me empower you. Right. And, right. and to me, that, that, of course, is the difference between conservative, let's say, mm -hmm. thought and, you know, the other, the other group. <laughs> Um, it, it's really a message of victimhood and control and dependence. That doesn't help anybody. No, not at all. So uh, at I, all. As somebody said, you know, you see somebody standing on the street corner oh, and, and asking for change. That and, was Clarence. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you, you give them a dollar. If, if, they're, if that situation is legitimate, yep. okay, you give them a dollar, you really haven't helped them because no, you feel good you yeah we feel good <laughs> right and that's kind of the lefty yeah you know we yeah. do all these things and they claim to be for women and for minorities and for the environment and for animals and all this stuff when you dig down you realize not only are they not helping the people they claim to be for they're actually harming them but they all feel good about themselves. that's right that's you know, right but you, you got to get to the root problem and if that guy's standing on the street corner you want to really help him empower him and teach him uh, how to get out of that situation. Absolutely. And, and that, so I love that that's really the, the philosophy and vision uh, of what you're doing. And, and that's really what we need. Yeah. And uh, the church has to be part of that. And I love how, uh, you know, again, same brother, <laughs> so smart. He said government is transactional. <laughs> Absolutely, right? yeah. The church yeah. is relational. Yep. The government is just make a transaction, you know. Yep. And, yep. And, and there's no relationship. In fact, I would say if there is a relationship, uh, they're not in the business of relationship and shouldn't be because no. when relationships happen, it's usually detrimental uh, right. to the non-government uh, mm -hmm. uh, partner in that relationship. So, but the church is in the business of relationship. That's right. And so we are, we as the church are in the best position. And I would say that, you know, you can broaden that idea to the community, those in the community, church being part of that community. Absolutely. But you're there. You're a neighbor to your neighbor. You're in the position 
of making the change because you can do that through relationship. Hey, we know the gospel happens through relationship. Come on. I mean, if you think about it, the, the, the gospel is not necessarily transactional. Mm-hmm. I, I always, you know, I grew up in a certain, a certain group, and it was always these guys would, oh, I left a track in the bathroom, and, and I laid a track on the table at the restaurant, and, yeah. and they felt good about themselves because they did that. Now, I understand tracks and informational things have their place and they're a tool, mm-hmm. but, but God didn't call a track. Like Jesus didn't say to a, to a pamphlet, go God, and no. disciple, <laughs> right, and, and, and right. preach the gospel. He told that to people. He told that to the church. So the gospel itself is relational. You know, we share the gospel in relationships. It, it totally is, and it's, you know, think about the most, one of the most simplest commandments. Love your neighbors yourself. Right. How are you going to love yourself? Which Jesus summed up. He said that's, that's the whole word summed up. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. He did. Absolutely. And that's the essence of relationship. It really is. And, and, and I look at it as, okay, for me, what do I want? Well, I, I want to I be free. Yeah. I don't want to be dependent. I want to move forward in life as best I can. I want to be able to make the best of what I've been given and be a right steward. And, um, you know, and the same I want for my kids. You want for your kids. The yeah. same you want for your family exactly. and, and other people around you. So if you love them like you love yourself, hey, why can't we all just move forward? And I, and I never looked at Jesus as one that says, everybody crowd around me and hang with me and just do me. And just let me just, I'm going to feed you, I'm going to teach you, and, and I never want you to do nothing else. Right. The gospel would have never extended. Mm-hmm. And we would just be, there would be a group of, of maybe folks who had a conversion experience, and the rest of the world would be lost. Yeah. He was about empowering. Man, he was. He said, you're going to do greater things than I've done. Come on. I mean, you talk about empowering. Yeah. Right? Yep. And which that really. Changed the world. What you, all of what you just said, that's why I get so aggravated, you know, when, when the folks come at you of this caricature of what Christianity is and want to control people and oppress people and, and is so mean and hateful, this and that. The, the, the heart of Christianity is what you just described. Yeah. I, I, want, I want the best. Love your neighbor. I want the best for mine. I want the best for me. You know, I'm not, in, I'm not trying to hurt people and harm people and hate people. And so such a caricature mm. and a lie uh, when you hear this stuff characterizing Christianity is so false. People that don't know what they're talking about. But Christianity looks like what you're describing. It really, uh, yeah. And, and it includes, yeah. our churches need to understand, it includes the political arena. Well, it's, it's a, I'm, I'm, I'll say this is, is my little pitch, and, and it's a natural progression. When we come to a knowledge of Christ, you accept him in your heart and your life, you, your life is changed, things start happening, your outward process of growing and learning and, and becoming a better Christian. Yeah is that we impact our society around us. We impact the world around us. That means we think about how we vote. We think about how we uh, integrate with our school system. We think about how we do things. And so this farce and notion that we're supposed to exit ourselves from society because we've had this conversion, you're absolutely crazy. So bottom line, um, and that's really what we're about. We're trying to, you know, fight poverty, restore dignity, faith, free, and personal responsibility. We got, you know, they can get in touch with us at urbancure.org, U-R-B-A-N-C-U-R-E.org. Uh, our national policy summit, we do it on an annual basis, and we're, we just continue to grow. And it's, like I said, it's a phenomenal thing that you get these people here. Love to have people participate with us, engage with us, come next year. Yeah. Uh, let us know. We're going to be getting stuff out. Year. It's going to be right about the same time. We'll have that up really soon, but we normally do right around the same time, either the last week of September, first week of October, right around that same time. This first week of October, I'm doing it. Today's my anniversary. But so, Happy you know, I get, I get a little bit, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I get a little bit of, you know, 
Uh, not hate mail from my wife. She gave me a little happy anniversary, but she says it is our anniversary day, so I hope you're done. <laughs> By the way, I'm a big I'm a big UFC fan. I close my uh-huh. eyes. You, you sound just like Daniel Cormier when I'm. I, I, that's, that's, that's who I hear. But man, we appreciate you being Thank with you. us today. God it. bless you, and uh, I can't wait till next year. You got it. So Chris Ann, sit back down here, um, so I don't mess up another break. But um, man, I th- I think. This has just been a fantastic event, and um, just a great guy, uh, Minister McCoy. Fantastic. Derek McCoy. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, um, it it's, was, it's, uh, it's been really amazing. And, you know, I think it was such an example to me of how the church is supposed to engage. And, and, right. and again, it's not a matter, it's not a message of, you know, we want to force everybody to be Christians through the power of the state. You know, it's, 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 you know, using good wholesome, uh, sound principles to help people, to lift people. Well, but working in extremes and hyperbole never works. So we're not trying to force people into Christianity, but don't try to force me to leave my principles and my faith aside when I'm trying to understand how the government is supposed to work. I would say it like this. I'm not trying to force you into Christianity. But don't try to force me out of the public arena because of my Christianity. Yeah, there you go. That's a really, really good way to put that. It's been a great, great event. We've met some really fantastic people in just a very, I mean, just think about this. It's like two and a half days when you think about it. Actually, not even that because Monday night was your was just simply an opening reception, right? And then Tuesday was all day teaching and then Wednesday is just simply a half a day. So uh, it, what, what a jam-packed kind of, of thing. And it, it really, you're going to cringe, but it actually really inspired me. I thought, why aren't we putting together something like this well, from I, a Liberty First Constitution kind of perspective? Well, I can tell you what, you know, one of the things that was interesting and stood out, we had, there were several, um, you know, several individuals who are part of, uh, the administration, part of the government that, that right. came and spoke. And it was uh, it was really, um, I would say encouraging, uh, probably the word, but listen to all of them had kind of the same perspective that it was really what they described as their marching orders. Um, in whatever department or area they were, it was tackle these regulations. Go right. go through. I want you to dig through this thing with a fine tooth comb, and we need to start chipping away. Unshackle the people. Yeah, at all these regulations, exactly that unnecessarily binds um, Americans. Which, and so it was good. To, it was good to hear that. That that that's the message, man. And you know, the, the, this is the funny thing. <laughs> it was uh, all of these people were either female. Uh, or black Americans, some minority or female, all mm-hmm. of them that we heard from the administration, and you know, well, CNN with this and voice. Rachel Maddow would make you think that those people yeah, don't they actually don't exist. exist, right? Exactly. Right. So That's that was striking. Crazy. Yeah, and and the thing that that struck me is something that the hypocrisy, right? So our congressmen know these regulations limit business, they shackle people, they actually hurt the economy because every time you're turning around, they're giving a waiver to those regulations yeah. to help spur the economy exactly. or to help a business. If you have to give a waiver to something to, to make it work, then that's a good indication that what you're doing is broken. 
Yeah. You don't need that. If, if, if getting rid of it, if you have to get rid of it to make it work, then there's something wrong here. Yeah, and, and you have this amazing organization on the other side of that in the communities trying to teach people, train people, empower people uh, to understand you don't need to look to the government to save you and bail you out. Yeah, and that's an important message. Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our last segment. I really hope that you enjoyed that interview, because I sure did. My husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, taking the lead seat for a little while. It's it's a little bit scary. Yeah, and I, I, got to, uh, <laughs> I got to give my presentation to that yes, audience. Yes, uh, that a, was awesome. A, a large audience of um, uh, ministers, in the black churches. Right. And, and, oh, uh, they were so excited I, by that presentation. Yeah. The presentation is more than victims. The uh, bl- American black heritage. And you can get the presentation right now at libertyfirstuniversity.com. Members of libertyfirstuniversity.com can have access to that right now. We're going to be putting it on DVD so you can get the DVD. But it is power. Full, and it was. I was so looking forward to this day, JC, because I know it's powerful. But some people say I'm biased, right? Because you know I love you. But watching the crowd get excited, it was amazing because you couldn't hear what was going on. You were on the stage, and I had these these two pastors behind me. They were just the whole time you were you were there, and you kept saying, you know, I don't want to keep you long. They're like, no, no, brother, keep on, keep on. This is a good <laughs> stuff. This is a good stuff. And you said, well, I'm going to close. And I was like, no, no, you're not done. I heard Take it to the no, end. No. Take it to the end. And I said, I'm going to so, close, and there was a lady sitting in front said, no, no, keep going. Yeah, so I, I think that just proves that America is hungry for the history that's been yeah, stolen from them. They're hungry from tr- for truth. They realize. And see, this is the most amazing thing. It's like the AA 12-step program. Yeah. You have to know there's a problem before yeah. you can get to the solutions. Right. And the American people are beginning to really realize the depth of the educational problem here in America. You know, can I just, I want to say a thank you to our friend Victor mm-hmm. on air yeah. for making this possible Absolutely. for us. You know, we talked yesterday about, a sh- in, or the other day in a show about businessmen investing in the liberty economy. Yeah. And because of businessmen like Victor, who, who know that the, the return on investment to liberty is so much more than what you can measure yeah. by the Dow Jones. Because of people like that, well, we are able to do what we're doing. Absolutely. And you don't know this. And I'm going to tell everybody this right now. You remember, we, we called out a couple times in the last couple shows looking for sponsors for the Oklahoma trip. Mm-hmm. We have, praise God, we have one Liberty businessman who has stepped up in Oklahoma and said, I will cover all the expenses. Wow. 
Amen. Is that not awesome? Janet just texted me and told me that we have a sponsor that's going to cover. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. This well, is what we're talking about. Make the investment that pays out more. Because remember, even if you get a return on investment, you still have to pay the government for that. You know, this is a this is an investment that will actually shrink government and not take your money in taxation. Well, and, and and here's the thing: I understand the concept of return on investment. You know, if you you have as a general rule, you got to have return on investment. Otherwise. Uh, sooner or later, you don't have anything to invest. I, I get those principles. What we're talking about is budgeting some portion, you know, of uh, of that return. Yes. To to liberty, to that which will sustain the system that enables you to to have prosperity. Exactly. Because in a socialist economy that we're driving for, there is no prosperity yeah. in the people. The only prosperity that comes from a socialist economy is the prosperity of the government. And those who Lust, who theft. are yeah right through theft, it is liberty that brings true prosperity, and so we're just we're very very excited to be able to be a part of that, and we are we are so thankful. I'm I'm literally I mean JC sitting here I'm literally tears because of the generosity of people that make this possible, and I want to thank everybody who keeps praying for us. I think. One of the greatest things about this Cure um, conference that we've been into is it's really increased my faith in knowing that there are Christians out there who are liberty-minded. Man, there is praying a... Praying and worshiping and bringing about a new kingdom reality. Here's what I took away. There's a liberty army being built out there, and you're not going to stop it. It's you, coming. You it's cannot coming. stop the revolution. Hey, Abigail Adams said... The flame of liberty has been ignited. Now sit back and watch as watch it, it spreads from soul to soul. God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Let me know in my heart when my days are through. America, America, I gave my Thank you.